Thank you very much. What a great honor to be back here with all of you. We actually consider this home in a way, and we just adore your uh, pastors. Had a great time with a meal yesterday. It's Pastor Pat and Pastor uh, Julie. It's Pastor uh, Barry and uh, Linda we've known for so many years, and we think very highly of you all. Um, yes, I'm an Egyptian, but I don't walk like one. I may talk like one, but I don't walk like one. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for enabling us to fulfill the call of God on our uh, lives. Thank you. It's because of the support that we uh, receive from you that we're able to do it's what we're able to do. Um, this morning, we ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be an ambassador for you. And we think being an ambassador is that I have to go overseas. You guys are uniquely in a place where God had brought the globe to you. In this area, as I understand it, there is about 300,000 of the Muslims who live here. Islam makes about one-fourth of the human race. One out of every four people, they go to bed every night and they wake up every day having no clue that Jesus Christ visited this earth or that he paid the price in fall for them to have a personal relationship with the Father. One-fourth of the human race, misguided. They think they know the truth. Eighty percent of the Muslims, they believe that Jesus is a prophet, but yet they've never read the Bible. And we have the good news. And I will tell you this, as they are here in the States, they so want to be accepted by us. You guys have a unique opportunity to be the salt and the light. And I'm excited that you're hosting the Arabic kids congregation here. That's great. That is fantastic. We need to reach them. It's because if we go overseas, we would not have the chance. We would not have the openness that they would have here. One-fourth of the human race. For every Muslim who come to Christ... It's almost like the, the new Apostle Paul. They come with the zeal and the fire that they want everyone in their families, everyone they know, to know the truth that they have uh, discovered. So I encourage you, this morning, please, when you are at the Walmart, when you are at Costco, when you are at Sam's, when you are in the traffic, let's be the salt and the light that God had called us to be. This morning, I want to share with you a little bit about what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Okay, could you please go with me quickly to the Second Kings 4, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 7. Okay, the wife of a man from the company of the prophet okay, cried out to 
Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And now, okay, you know that he feared the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha answered, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. And don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled, it's put it to the one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he answered, There is not an empty jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is the leftover. Have you ever found yourself in a corner, in a crisis, in a pickle? I mean, it could be by your doing, or it could be you, you just found yourself there. You don't know how you got there, and you don't know how to get out. Okay, this is precisely how the widow was at. She was married to one of the sons of, of, of the prophet. In the days of uh, Elisha, they would have sons, men that they would come, they would disciple, and they're called the sons of the prophets. Many of the scholars, they think she was married to the prophet Obadiah, who hid 100 of the prophets in the mountains, fearing that uh, Jezebel is going to kill them. He provided food and water for them. So we don't know if the debt came out of him doing the good deed, or if it was anything else. But she was married to a man of God. Her name we don't know. Do you know why? It's because she is you and me. We can put our name there. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Everything is going well until death comes. For some of us, like the widow, everything is going very well until something unexpected happens. Issues in the family. Issues at work. Issues with the kids. Issues with the neighbors. Issues with our own health. COVID. Death. Death. 
And we find ourselves at a place where we don't know what, what to do. As we look at the widow, she gives us a road map of what is it that we are supposed to do. The first thing is that she came to the right place. There is nothing like a good problem that it will bring us to our knees to the Father. There is nothing like a challenge that we could not do anything about. That in the flesh we could not answer it. But the Father can. She was at the end of her robe. Emotionally, she had lost her husband. She was going through the grief. She was hurting, lonely. Do we have anybody here who's going through the same thing? She was hurting for losing the love of her life. Resource-wise, he was their provider. She had lost that. And as a woman, in a male predominant culture, she could not work. And even if she did, all she could do is just meet the needs of her boys and herself. She could not pay off the debt. She didn't have the resources. She was at the end of her rope. When it comes even to the resources, in the spiritual sense, they served God. Her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. I imagine that she had some major problem. Oh God, we've served you. And this is how you repay us. We've been faithful to you. We did everything to please you. Why should I go through what I'm going through? I'm going to lose my boys. Mentally. In the Middle East, the sons, they're the ones who are going to take care of their mom when she gets older. I want you to just have a mental image with me. She had lost her husband. Now... The two boys that are going to take care of her in the future. She's about to lose. The bank is coming to take her kids away. And for a mother, there is nothing that she would not do to protect her kids. She was faced with a major problem. But she came to the right place. Sometimes God has to take a lot of the things that we let's get the source of our comfort from. He would just strip it away so that we can stand before him and before him alone. Sometimes he has to do a business so that he can get our attention. You know, we're very busy. I don't know about you, but even, even in the church, you find a lot of people going on the social media. They don't have time to, to hear what the Lord is saying. And sometimes God has to do things to get our attention. Okay, that woman was at the end of her rope. 
but she came to the right place. She came to the man of God. When you have an issue, who, who do you go to? See, I think it's a major problem. Sometimes we go and seek the counsel from the wrong people and we get the wrong counsel. And instead of solving the problems, they add fuel to the fire. She didn't know what to do. She went to the man of God because any other thing could be just a gossip. It could be just increasing the problems. I don't know what you have or what you're dealing with here, you know, you know, this morning. But I'm telling you, here is what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. She came to the right place, but she came with what she thought was important. She came appealing to the man of God saying, your servant, my husband, who feared God. She appealed to the history, appealed to what she thought she, she deserves. How often it is we do that? We come to the Lord and we have, oh Lord, you know, I've served you. You know, I've served the church. You know, we've given to the mission field. You know, we've done this. We don't come to the Lord appealing on the, 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 the accomplishments or what we've done. It's not what's coming to me because if it was what is coming to me, it is hell. But we come to him appealing to the grace of the living God that who he actually have a deep uh, love for you and me that he offered his only son so that we may have a life. It's not what I deserve. It's not what I think is my rights, but it is what Jesus had done for us. She came with what she thought was important. She soon discovered what was really important. Empty vessels. She comes to Elijah and she begins to share the story with him. I have a problem. Let me tell you what Elijah doesn't do. He doesn't hear her out and say, oh, that's horrible. I feel for you. Your husband, how could he have done this to you? How could he have gotten himself in the debt that he's in? How could he do that to you? I feel horrible for you. In fact, I feel your pain. I'm going to be thinking of you. He didn't do that because what good it is if you're going to think of me and I am in need and you don't do something about it. He states five most important words that if we're going to be used of God, we have to always say, what can I do for you? How can I help? How can I be a part of the answer? 
So you're at work and somebody's saying, I have a headache. Well, I may not have an, an aspirin, but can I pray for you? I have a problem in my marriage. Would it be okay if I do pray for you? You may not solve their problems, but you're pointing them to the one who will solve their issues. The one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine. People are hurting and they need us to be a part of their answers, to point them to to the Lord. He then says, tell me, what do you have in your house? And the woman is so quick. Your servant has nothing at all. I have nothing at all. How ironic it is. Then she says, I have a little bit of, of olive oil. She either, she didn't notice what she has, or she didn't value what she has. Can I be practical? How many of us here, it's God had given you a gifting. It's God had given you a talent. God had given you the resources. And we don't either notice it, or we don't see the value. I have nothing at all. Nope. We each have something. We, God had given each of us something. It's not that we have nothing at all. We each have. See, it's not what you wish to have. Oh, I wish I can sing. Uh, when I try... In the shower, it's my wife says, be quiet. I am making a joyful noise to the Lord. She says, that's not a joyful noise to him. I would love to really carry a tune. I can't, even if you've given me anything to carry it in. It's not what we wish to have. It's what we have. That's what God is after. I have a little bit of oil. It's Moses, what do you have? I have nothing. It's, it's a rod. You throw it on the ground. It became a snake and ate all of the snakes of uh, Pharaoh. Jesus had more than 5,000 people. How many loaves do you have? Well, we have just five loaves. How far can they go? Hand it over to me. Hand it over to me. Okay, the little that you have and the little that I have that we don't see, once we hand it over to the Lord, it becomes more than enough. Almost always when God works, He wants to start with what we have. Almost always He starts with what you have. Let me ask you this this morning. It's what do you have in your hand? Do you even notice it? I have nothing. It's just a little bit of oil. Do you value it? 
It's so, it's so ironic. Hurting people. Often they see the glass half empty. They don't see it half full. They don't see all of the blessings that they have. They see what they lack. And that's the thing with the woman here. That's what the widow where she was at. I mean, I, I hear it often. Because people say, you know, we would love to host a Bible study at home. But our home is not nice enough. Our kitchen is just a little bit old. I say, you know what? You're right. It's because everybody knows that the Spirit of God moves only in a house that has a granite countertop. Let me talk to, to the ladies here, and, and please don't be mad at me. Okay, you walk into a walk-in closet, and you look around. I have nothing to wear today. You know that I'm right. I have nothing to wear. For God's sake, what you have, it could cause an African village. But it is the same idea that the widow has here. I don't have anything. All I have is just a little bit of olive oil. Okay, I'm going to use it just one time and that's it. That's the mentality that the woman, she didn't see or value what she had. This morning, if you leave here with anything, please value what God had given you, the talent and the gifting. See it for, for what it is and put it to use to advance the kingdom. It's what she thought was nothing. It was about to become everything. What you see is nothing. Once you hand it over to Jesus, it will become everything. She obeyed and did what she could. Now, I love this, and I know it's my time. Is going fast. She goes and shares the problem with the prophet. And God often, often, he does not make sense. So the prophet tells her to go and get as many empty uh, vessels as possible. Please just have a mental image with me. She goes and knocks at the door at Okay, okay, it's Mrs. Williams. Uh, hi there, do you have any empty uh, vessels? And the woman says, yes, what do you need it for? Funny you ask. I want you to just have that image. Well, I have a debt. The man of God came to me and said, I am to do this. And then she takes what they have and goes to another home. And then goes to another home. And she walks away. I bet you the neighbors had a gossiping party. She's gone mad. What is it that the prophet of God is he's making a fool of that woman? 
She's going through all of the sadness and the grief. And now he's making a fool out of her. He's making her go and knock at the neighbors and collect empty. It's crazy. Can you, can you imagine that? That woman may not have a lot of things. They may have had, she may have had a little bit of oil. But she had a great faith. She did what the Lord asked her to do. She didn't wait until she had everything. She acted on what she had. This morning, we need to stop waiting for what we want. And start acting with what we have. She got empty vessels. She went and collected the vessels. And the prophet informed her that you need, you have a little bit of of oil. Uh, You think it's not enough. Now, I want you to take what you think is not enough and pour it into others. But pastor, I I can't make a faith promise. That's what the Lord says. Take what you think is not enough. And pour it unto others. What you think is just, it's barely enough for me. Once you hand it over to him, it will be more than enough. She goes around and she collects the vessels. The big, the small. The round, the tall. The painted, the plain. The silver, the gold, the clay. The ones with the lids and the one without the lids. The brown, the green, the yellow, the black, and the white. The ones with hair and the ones without hair. You and I are the vessels. What made the vessels valuable? It's not in their appearance. It's not the gold ones. It's not in how expensive they they were. What made them valuable is their ability to receive. They were empty. You see, we serve a God who does not look on the outside. He looks at our inside. He looks at our, our ability, our capacity to receive. That's what made them very valuable to be used of God. And I can just have a mental image. She's there. Hey, son, hand me, hand me another jar. She fills it. Hand me another one. She fills it. Hand me another one. Hand me another one. And the son says, Mother, there are no more empty jars. And the oil stopped. Isn't that the case often even in the church? When we're empty, no more. We don't experience the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, no more. Hand me another jar. Mother, there is no more empty jars. See, I believe with all of my heart this morning for uh, the Detroit area, the call of God is 
I need an empty vessel that I can use. Can we bow our heads? Where are the empty vessels? I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is here and it's being poured unto us. But where is our capacity to receive? Can you stand with me? I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying, I have a task in in your neighborhood. I have a task in the city. I need, I need a vessel that it's empty that I can fill and use. Where are the empty vessels? Oh, we have allowed the world to, to fill us. Materialism. Politics. Issues that we have no business being in. We have allowed a lot of things to take our attention away from the Lord and to fill us so that we have no capacity to receive from Him. This morning, if your decision is, I want to be that that empty vessel, I want to be that one that the Lord would fill me with a fresh oil, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I see hands all over the place. Would you please make your way up here? We're not going to hold you for, for long. I just I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If it is that it says, Lord, I want to be that empty vessels. Father, I want to empty myself of myself. And I want you to be on the throne of my heart. Lord, I want a fresh anointing. I want you to fill me. I don't want the flesh. I want the spirit. Lord, I want you to empower me for the task that you have for me today. I know that you've called me into the kingdom for a purpose. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray this morning that you will fill your obedient servant here. Father, a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. Not the flesh. We're tired of the flesh. We're tired of doing it our own way, oh God. But Lord, we need a filling from you. We need a filling from you. Lord, The city here needs a filling from you. Our country needs a filling from you. But it's going to start with me. It's going to start with me this morning, Lord. It's going to start with me. I empty myself. I make the choice. Being empty is a choice. I make the choice to empty myself of everything else. Holy Spirit. Poor 
down on your servants. Special touch to, to our hearts, oh God. Lord, I pray that our mind will think only of the things of God. Lord, our hearts would feel your heartbeat. Father, our feet will go to the places that you would want us to go. It's not necessarily the places that we want to go. Father, Lord, our tongues that would share you with the people that we think we have the least in common with. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's, it's about your kingdom. Your kingdom. Oh, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us this morning. Don't allow us to leave here as we came. But Father, change us. Change us into the likeness of your Son. We commit ourselves to you. We renew our covenant with you. Hallelujah. Let's keep this attitude of prayer. Let's keep this attitude of prayer, Father. Thank you for the word. Thank you, God. Purge us of anything in us that needs to be purged so that we're empty to be full of the Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you for the encouragement, Lord. Thank you for that this morning. And Lord, if it's if it's causing us to be in a place of uncomfortableness because we are full of the world, we're full of issues, we're full of worry, care, anxiety, help us to just rid ourselves of that, God, to be full of the spirit of the living God. May we be vessels overflowing with your spirit, Lord. And may we take to heart what we heard this morning, God, that we would be worshipers of you. May we pour out to you what you've poured into us, God. And we do that right now, Lord. We just start to pour out our praise to you, Father. We pour out our praise to you, Jesus, Lamb of God, Lion of Judah. We praise you. We honor you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Give him your praise this morning. Give him your praise this morning. Don't be shy. Let it well up in you. Pour out your praise to our God and our Savior. He's worthy of praise. You're worthy of praise, our God and our King and our Lord and our Savior. You're worthy. You're holy. You're righteous. God, fill us with your spirit that we would pour out more praise to you, more honor to you, more to you, God, because you have filled us. You've won us. You've won our hearts for eternity. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're such a blessing. You're the Lion of Judah. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are our God and there is none other. We thank you, God. We worship you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory, our Savior, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. You're matchless. You're mighty. You're worthy of praise. There's none like you, our rock and our salvation. Oh God, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, thy name be praised, your name be praised. You're worthy to be praised. Oh God, may the spirit that you have given and to, to the promise, may your spirit just pour out and fill everyone who is here, God, that they would leave this place full of this, the oil of the Holy Spirit this morning, God, and never ever um, want to be filled with anything but that, God, your presence and your power and your love and your kindness and your grace and your mercy that we would share it with others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. You're amazing, and we love you. We love you, and we praise you this morning. Oh, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you, are you receiving it this morning? Are you, are you willing to purge yourselves of anything that's, that's in your vessel that needs to be set aside, that you'd be empty to receive what God has for you? And if you feel it's too little, the things that you do want for God, did you take to heart what Samma, Pastor Samma said to you this morning, that it's not too little. God can use it for his kingdom's purposes as we think it's we think we're not worthy. We think we can do it, but you can. You can. You have something. You have the deposit within you. And don't ever sell yourself short. I pray that every single one of you get, get an opportunity, even today, to share the knowledge of the Lord and Jesus Christ that you have in you, the joy of your salvation. Do it this morning. Do it this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We, just, we are in awe of you and what you, what you do for us Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and thank you, Pastor Sama, for bringing that word to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you don't have to run out of here. You don't have to run out of here. You're, so many of you are here at these altars, and if you need more prayer, if you want to pray for anything, you want to pray for empowerment, you stay here and you do that. We have elders who would anoint you if you need it. We have others who would just join their hearts with you in prayer. You don't need to run out, but God bless you. May the blessing of Almighty God go before you today and go with you today, and you stay in, uh, freshly anointed by the Holy Spirit of the living God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.